Well, good morning, Breakfast with the Broker. Uh, we have a very special edition because it's a Friday edition. We normally have a Tuesday edition, but uh, today we have a special guest, so we, we gave him the Friday edition uh, right before the weekend, so I know you guys are all fired up. And now, by way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is the Palm Beach County District 4 and Palm Beach County Vice Mayor. He's the chair at Solid Waste Authority. He is a former city of Boca Raton councilman. He's a father, a husband, a brother. And if there's an event in Palm Beach County, he and his wife are always there. A supporter, a philanthropist of all things Palm Beach County. Stand up and make some noise for Commissioner Robert S. Weinrod. Well, thank you. I've never had a, quite an introduction like that before. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the Miami Heat game now. I guess. We need the, the, the horn and we're ready to go. How are you doing this morning? Very well, Commissioner Weinroth. And, you know, it's really a pleasure uh, speaking with you and, and, and getting to know you over the last few months. And, um, you know, I really, really appreciate all the work that you've done with Palm Beach County. Tell us a little bit about what a Palm Beach County commissioner does. Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that because when I was originally running for office, people would say, so what does a commissioner do? And I'd say, well, we do land use. We, we worry about making sure your garbage is picked up. We make sure the water is coming out of the, uh, the faucet. And then came the pandemic, and then people really knew what a county commissioner did. We're the people who told you to stay home, self-isolate, put a mask on, get vaccinated. That's where we came into this. So, you know, the world in the last 18 months really has dramatically changed my job description. You know, and, and you know, if you follow uh, Commissioner Weinroth on uh, social media, he does a great job. And, you know, you always put out the... Um, you know, two things I really, really like as far as content going. You know, you always put out the uh, the Sun Sentinel and and on what the uh, congressmen and congresswomen um, are uh, are saying, and you know, kind of maybe what the you know just a little bit of documentation of of each week or so. And then you also do the uh, COVID stats. You know, and and everyone you know looks at the media and thinks that the COVID stats are going to be skewed and this and that, but you actually put the facts with the hospitalizations and such. And uh, I know that uh, a lot of the constituents and residents in Palm Beach County certainly appreciate that. Well, you know, I try and make it a no spin zone. And the fact is there are facts out there and I want people to look at them and whether they're good or bad, I want them to be able to take a look at them and make a decision for themselves. And how can we follow you on social media, especially, you know, um, you know, where you, you quote uh, Ted Deutsch, you quote, you know, quote, Lois Frankel, you, you know, you quote um, Emily Slosberg, you know, all, Mike Caruso, all the, the people that are, uh, you know, in our local area and all the way up to the Florida legislature. You know, um, you know, how do we uh, how do we uh, follow you on social media? Well, uh, you know, there are several ways. Of course, there's my Facebook page, Robert Weinroth on Facebook. I have uh, also my official page on the Palm Beach County website palmbeachcountygov.org where I maintain a more official website. But, you know, what you've been referring to with Ted Deutsch and with Lois Frankel and I mean Slosberg, our elected officials, a lot of us are contributing on a weekly basis to something called South Florida 100 over at the Sun Sentinel. And it's a great opportunity for a lot of us to give 100 words 
on what we think is the most important story from last week and what we think will be the next uh, important story going forward. And so I've been contributing to that now for the last six or seven years. And a lot of those others are members of Congress and members on the commission and representatives do the same thing. And it's a great way of just getting a, a temperature uh, of what is important to our elected leaders. So I encourage anybody who doesn't take the Sun Sentinel to go online and take a look at what's there on Sundays. And certainly if you do take the Sun Sentinel, take a look at the last page of the first section, and that will give you probably about 16 members of the community, both in Broward and in Palm Beach County. And we'll tell you a little bit of what we think are the important stories. Yeah, I mean, it really is a, a great job um, by the Sun Sentinel because, you know, when you look at it, you want to know about your area and you want to know, um, you know, about, um, you know, what the congressmen and congresswomen or, or um, you know, um, commissioners or, or, you know, and such and council um, men and women, uh, you know, so you want you want to know what they're thinking about, what the you know, what their priorities might be and those things, you know, and I remember I asked Congressman Deutsch one time, you know, like what, um, you know, you know, we, we see all this media and all this like, you know, fighting and infighting and, you know, Republican and Democrat and, you know, and, and no one gets along. And, you know, is that really like that? And he said, no, he says oh, a couple major issues. Yeah. But uh, but uh, certainly uh, they work uh, together every day. And you kind of see that in that synopsis of that Sun Sentinel 100. Well, you know, and I, I, I'm glad you point that out because I, I have talked to the congressman and he has said the same thing, that for the most part, they are collegial, they get along, they are all on the same page for 80% of the issues. It's that 20% where, of course, you know, the old saying in the news business is if it bleeds, it leads. So there's no reason to put on the front page Congress agreed to, you know, do this. It's when that they come and, and, you know, they don't agree with each other. That's the story. But, you know, on my level, both when I was on the city council and now on the county commission, um, I think we're in more of a position of being collegial than being partisan. And notwithstanding the fact that when I did get elected to the county commissioner, it was a partisan election. The seven of us who sit up there don't sit there and say, well, you're a Democrat, so you must be leaning this way. You're a Republican, and you must be leaning that way. The seven of us really are focused on Palm Beach County. And I think that both on a municipal level and on a county level, that's the best way of approaching the, the issues that are confronting us. Absolutely. So in Palm Beach County, because, you know, a lot of our viewers um, are uh, those, uh, you know, either residents or relocating uh, into Palm Beach County. You know, um, what are what are some upcoming things that you're looking at, um, you know, going um, going forward? Well, one issue that probably will resonate with you is the issue of housing. Before the pandemic even arrived, we recognized the fact that we needed to do something about workforce housing. Now, what is workforce housing? Workforce housing is someplace decent for someone to live who's working here in Palm Beach County, who's going and getting an education in Palm Beach County. We want them to be able to live in Palm Beach County. You know, the saying is, let's, let's be able to live, work, worship, and play in Palm Beach County. 
The problem is, even before the pandemic, that housing values were getting to a point where it was unattainable for people who were making a decent salary, making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, but could not afford a decent place to live in Palm Beach County. With the pandemic, that's only gotten worse. We've seen housing values jump almost 30% in the last six months, which is great if you own a place because you say, oh my God, look at this equity I've built up. But if you're looking for your first time uh, home ownership, or if you're looking for an apartment, it becomes very, very difficult. So as a commission, we are focusing now on what we can do to get more inventory, because again, it's supply and demand. It's a matter of not having enough supply of, again, decent housing. And so that's just driving the cost up. And we're trying to work with developers. And when we approve a new project, there has to be a certain amount of that project set aside specifically for workforce housing. And going forward, we're going to be looking at other opportunities. Sadowski Fund, which is something that was set up years ago by the legislature, taking those tax stamps that are put on documents when you buy a home or when you get a mortgage or any document that's recorded, has a stamp on it, and you're paying taxes. That money is supposed to be set aside, a portion of it, for uh, affordable housing. And unfortunately, our legislature has used that as a piggy bank over the last few years when there's been an emergency like our Hurricane Michael that hit the panhandle and they raided that money and they used it to help those people up in, in the panhandle. And I'm not saying that that wasn't a worthwhile use, but this money was supposed to be used, focused on housing, and we've sort of lost sight of that. And I know the realtors at one point were thinking about an opportunity to bring this to the, uh, to the, the stakeholders and ask them for their opinion and ultimately perhaps have a, uh, a, a constitutional amendment that would require that these trust funds be used and dedicated to the way that it was originally thought when the uh, Sadowski trust fund was established. I understand that this has now been put to the back burner, and I think that there's going to be a, uh, a conversation in Tallahassee, and maybe we'll see some more movement to dedicating these funding sources towards the uh, uh, original objective. Yeah, absolutely. There's been assurances, and you know, right now they just suspended the uh, the petition, um, you know, the affordable housing trust fund petition, um, but uh, you know. It, they're using that obviously, you know, just in case that, you know, the Florida realtors um, compromise with the Florida legislature uh, doesn't, uh, you know, go forward as it's intended, which we believe it will. So hopefully uh, there'll be more details on that, you know, and you look at the ship programs like the city of Boca that has, you know, um, you know, what other um, affordable housing down payment assistance programs are available in Palm Beach County? Well, you know, one of the things we're able to do because we get money from developers who wish not to develop the affordable or workforce housing, they would opt out and they will pay us money up to about $80,000 per unit for a uh, to be able to opt out of, again, building workforce housing. So we take that money and use it to help people make down payments and make it more affordable for them to purchase a, a home. So 
there are other programs that we are involved in. And, uh, you know, as I uh, said before, the pandemic has really changed a lot of all these dynamics. And we've been using money from the CARES Act to help people stay in their homes. We were taking money and helping people pay their rent, pay for their utilities, uh, mortgage assistance, and of course, uh, nutritional assistance. And a lot of that money went out into the community, especially when people were being asked to stay home, not go to work, not go out and uh, again, uh, put themselves out there at risk for the, the COVID uh, transmission. And we've used that money to help people out. So the county has been using both the federal funding and our money that we get from the state and the money we generate right here in Palm Beach County from development to try and focus it on helping our residents be able to, again, afford to buy and afford to rent in our county. Yeah, you know, with all the people that have been coming into uh, Palm Beach County and, you know, relocating from the Northeast, Midwest, uh, California even, you know, so we have so many more people, you know, and I saw a stat uh, the other day that, you know, over the country, you know, there's a 7 million um, housing shortage, a 7 million uh, resident housing shortage. And, um, you know, and, and you think about it, it's like, you know, people are like, oh, is the real estate bubble coming and, you know, and such. And, you know, certainly uh, it, it doesn't seem that that's going to be the case. But one of the things that was interesting is, you know, traffic, right? So traffic has uh, become, uh, uh, you know, one of your counterparts, Steve Abrams. Um, he, uh, you know, he it's been his uh, kind of project. But, um, you know, you look at it and you go, well, how are you going to make traffic better? And then we were speaking. You know, with- what, one of the things, and, and it's interesting because the conversation about workforce housing is very Im- impactful on congestion because if people can't afford to live in Palm Beach County and it just, you know, they just can't find something that's decent. And now they're moving up to St. Lucie County or they're moving down to Broward. Well, now those people have to get onto I-95 every day to commute into work or to come to school. And that increased congestion is making life more miserable for those of us who were here. And you did mention Stephen Abrams. He's my predecessor from the county commission. He was a, a mayor in Boca Raton. And now his job is at the SFRTA, which is South Florida Regional Transportation Authority, which is the... the uh, the organization that basically run tri-rail. And Stephen always said that if he can get people onto the train, one train was like taking a lane of traffic off of I-95. And we've got to be able to invest in public transportation, both Palm Tran, uh, Brightline, which is not really public transportation, but still is going to get people out of their cars, and of course, tri-rail. We get people to start embracing public transportation and we get people to live closer to their jobs, closer to they want it, where they want to go. We're going to be able to reduce that congestion. And again, we can't pave our way out of congestion. People are coming here and they've, they've figured out what you and I thought of and realized years ago. This is the place to live like that palm tree behind you in that picture. <laughs> you know, this is where we want to live. This is our piece of paradise. But we also recognize that we have to make sure that our piece of paradise doesn't get paved over in an op- in our zeal 
to try and accommodate all those people coming from the Northeast or from California. So we're working to balance it, but we also need to make sure that we are not so constrained in our development that we're now pushing prices up because there's just no supply. Again, going back to the, you know, the idea of supply and demand, no supply, demand goes up, prices are going to go through the roof. Sure. You know, and we had a uh, Zoom uh, meeting with uh, Brightline yesterday, and it was just really, really informational because it's amazing the technology that they've done. And I know that, you know, they're a private company, but um, I was amazed at the construction that they were talking about where they would normally have to close a road for like 18 months or somewhere in that neighborhood. And now they're building tracks um beneath the roads with hydraulic systems so that when they when they have to close the road they're only closing the road for like a week um, it's, it's really been very impressive uh, you know we uh we had a presentation by the president of brightline last week and he was telling us that through the pandemic even though they've taken the trains off the tracks as far as passenger rail they have been working to get themselves, number one, setting the station up in Boca Raton, which is going to be ex really exciting for Boca Raton. And then moving forward, getting those stations up uh, up the line so that uh, the commuters next year, and I don't want to use the word commuters, so that the train travelers are going to be able to go from Miami to Orlando and ultimately out to Tampa. And we're looking for that to be an alternate to tri-rail because trials for commuters and we're looking for the bright line to really be for people who are looking to get off of the road on a on a long distance drive to Orlando or drive down to Miami for a game. And it's really going to be a, a tremendous opportunity. Again, getting cars off the road, being able to comfortably travel on a train, do your work, have Wi-Fi. I think it's an exciting opportunity, and, and we are really looking forward to it. And I know Boca Raton is very excited about the opportunity to have a bright line station because this is going to bring more people into their downtown, and they're talking about even the possibility of a performing arts center downtown, and this is a perfect complement to having the, uh, the rail system dropping off people from both Broward and from North County. Yeah, um, they, they gave us a timeline, you know, and, you know, we know how timelines go, but uh, they gave us a timeline of uh, Boca and Aventura to be in uh, the next, uh, the last half of, um, it's probably closer to November, December of next year. Um, construction in Boca is supposed to start like shortly, like right. soon, within weeks, hopefully. Yeah, um, they've and, already moved the community garden, you know, the junior league mm -hmm. had their community garden right there next to the uh, library. So they've relocated that. And I, I know uh, the city council has approved all of the underlying agreements with Brightline. So it, it's really, um, it's going to happen. And it's uh, it's exciting for Boca Raton. It's exciting for South County. And uh, I am a real proponent of public transportation. And I think that this is just going to be another opportunity for us to encourage people who, when they lived up north, embraced uh, public transportation. You, you know, most people in Manhattan 
jump onto the subway, jump onto a city bus, and they don't think anything of it. We've got to get people down here to be able to, you know, leave their car in the garage, especially if they live in a, in a downtown area. If they live in an urban area, they should be able to get onto a circulator or walk to where they want to be or take a bicycle. And uh, the more that we can get people out of their cars, the better it is for health and the better it is for congestion. No, agreed. Absolutely. So um, what else can you tell us about Palm Beach County and, and uh, things that are coming up uh, potentially? You know, one of the things that before I uh, before you answer that question, one of the things that I'm always amazed at is, you know, I, I mean, I go I think I go to a lot of events, but I don't go nearly as many events <laughs> as you guys do. And I can tell you, um, you know, how do you get out to all those events and, 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 and support the community as much as you do? Um, you know, both uh, philanthropically um, as well as, you know, being, you know, attending uh, these events. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, I, I, I have a great partner. My wife is terrific. She is out there with me constantly. I couldn't do it without her. Last night we were at the Junior League. They were celebrating their 50th anniversary. And again, it's a, it's a wonderful organization of women who have been giving back to our community for uh, half a century. And we are so fortunate. You know, people look at Boca and they look down their noses. Oh, you you know, you play tennis all day and golf. You're, you're in your Beamer and your Rolls or whatever. And we have a lot of giving people in our community. And they're philanthropic. And if they can't write a check, they roll up their sleeves and they help. Boca Helping Hands, uh, Florence Fuller. I mean, I can name you a dozen organizations that are getting our residents excited about their mission and who are out there helping the the people within our community who don't have all of the uh, you know the opportunities that we have and it's exciting and i really i don't get tired of going out there and supporting these organizations because i think their missions are so important and again, if it wasn't for Pam being at my side, it would be much more difficult to be out to these organizations. But I am absolutely so excited to be out among our residents and hear from them about what's important to them. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably out two or three nights a week, and it really is exciting to see all of the, uh, the nonprofits that are out there making life better for people. Yeah, I mean, you are, you know, you and Pamela are, you know, both supporters and contributors to so many organizations, but you're also contributing to the communities that you serve. And, um, you know, so I, I know that, uh, you know, personally, I, I, I so respect that and certainly appreciate it because not only are you, you're going out to the events and showing people to get out there and, and, and support them in that way, but you're also creating great content. And uh, now that you're an expert podcaster, um, <laughs> where can we find your podcast? Because you really give you have great guests and you have uh, great information on, on Palm Beach County. Well, like you, obviously, we were happy to have you on our podcast. Um, um, I would direct people either to Apple or Spotify uh, to see our podcast there, or you can go right onto my Facebook page. Every week, we drop another podcast. I put the link on there and I give you a little bit of a taste of what's going to be on the, the current podcast. Last week, as a matter of fact, we had Stephen Abrams on there and he spoke about tri-rail. Uh, this week we have uh, Doug Mosley, 
and uh, we also had Troy uh, McClellan talking about the uh, the chamber, Greater Boca Chamber, and the upcoming Boca Raton Bowl, the RoofFlame.com Boca Raton Bowl, which is going to be in December, and we're so excited to have that back for the eighth year. So there's a lot exciting going on in our community, and this podcast has been my opportunity to shine a spotlight on some either nonprofits or profits and just, you know, let people see what's going on. We're going to have the Norton Museum in there pretty soon. We had the Museum of Art in uh, Boca Raton, which was talking about the Machu Picchu exhibit that's coming real soon. Lots of exciting stuff happening in South Palm Beach. And it's called the Palm Beach Perspective? The Correct. Palm Beach Perspective by yours truly, Robert Weinroth. And, um, you, you know, you know, the funny thing is, is I've never, you know, heard of a um, a new business that came to downtown uh, Boca um, where you actually do your podcast. And uh, it's called Pod Pupil, right? I think it's Pod Populi, actually. Pod, oh, yeah. Pod, I'm sorry. Pod Populi. You're absolutely yeah, right. They and are, uh, really, really, really cool. Yeah, they are a, a nice organization. And I know they're members of the Boca Chamber. And, uh, you know, they have been very, very accommodating. They have walked me through it. I certainly, this is my first foray into doing podcasts. And uh, I'm, I'm really surprised the number of people who have told me they've listened and they've really enjoyed the, again, no spin. We just put out their information. We want people ultimately to realize what you and I know is this is a great place to raise a family, great place to live, retire do what you want, go on that beach behind you, and just really enjoy what South Florida has to offer. So I don't know if you had an opportunity. This is my uh, my second to last question. Um, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see the uh, the FEMA risk uh, 2.0, you know, where, it's, where we're talking about, um, you know, I guess Palm Beach County rates uh, for flood insurance um, for like 78% of uh, the people who are in flood zones are, you know, are going to go up, you know, potentially drastically um, and, um, you know, insurance rates. Is there anything that you can share with us about um, what they're looking at as a Palm Beach County commission regarding insurance rates? And um, we have worked, zones? we have worked on those flood maps for some time. They came back originally and they were much worse. And we have sat down with them. We've explained to them that some of their numbers were way off. And look, we have to understand, like that water behind you there, you know, sea level is rising. We have to be cognizant of the fact that living on the coast, there are going to be situations where there's a potential for flooding. We are, as a county, working in resiliency, working with stormwater and making sure that we are addressing the the need to raise up new uh, construction so that it's not as susceptible to the, the water coming in during a storm. But we also have to accept the fact that especially east of 95, there is a hazard from flooding. And we're just going to have to accept the fact that there's an additional cost to insurers to, to basically protect us from that 100-year storm. So, I mean, we're working with the insurance uh, companies, working with the federal government, trying to make sure that they're being fair. But we also have to recognize that ultimately we have to pay our fair share for what is a potential risk to flooding going forward. 
Great information, and thank you very much. Um, you have an election coming up, uh, and um, you know uh, I hope everyone will go ahead and uh, support who is a Palm Beach County resident um, in District Four um, to uh, support uh, Commissioner Weinroth. Uh, he's done a lot for the community. Um, he continues to do it, and um, we certainly appreciate him. So, uh, last two questions I always end with: What was your? What is? Um, or what was your favorite? Netflix streaming series like, uh, you know, Hulu or Netflix. I'm not sure if you even watch it because you go out to so many events. You know, I got to tell you, the last 18 months during the pandemic, I got reintroduced to Netflix. (laughs) Pamela and I sat down every night about eight o'clock, pour ourselves a cup of wine or a drink, sit down with Netflix. And uh, we have right now we've been watching Lucifer, which is very mindless. I lost you. You got, you got uh, lost. We lost uh, Commissioner Weinroth for a second. Um, but uh, uh, he uh, is an amazing person, really has contributed to the community uh, so well. And uh, we certainly appreciate everything he's done. Uh, look for Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m., except when we have special editions like this. So hopefully you enjoyed uh, the content. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, Palm Beach County Um Reach out to Palm Beach County or Palm Beach per- Perspective. Watch their, and listen to their or listen to their podcast. We certainly appreciate breakfast with the broker. Have a great weekend, people. Talk to you soon.